Hello guys. Welcome to another episode of Anything Media. It's your guy John. And even as we enter into the last day of the year, um, I wanted to take this opportunity and record my final episode. And I'm hoping that as we go into the new year, there'll be more content and episodes coming. Um, this year has been a whirlwind, if I might say. A lot has happened. I've been trying to squeeze in a time to do episodes here and there, but things have been coming at me fast. But from now on, I'll be putting more effort on it, on this channel, and I hope it will grow. Because I even have a lot of great content that I've watched pending that I haven't reviewed yet. It's not that a must that I review everything that I'm watching, but I have really, really, really great recommendations that I'm sure some of my audience will really enjoy. And it's ranging from movies to cool documentaries to series to even new music that I'm listening. And a lot. I have a lot of pending work. Um, I've noted everything down. It's now just a matter of compiling everything and seeing how far we can go. So I want to take this chance in this particular episode to talk about one of the biggest events that has happened recently in the in this year and that is the World Cup. And I hope I'm not being a cliche. I hope there haven't been a lot of but I've seen it around YouTube. I don't know about the podcast space particularly well, but a lot of content especially about Argentina winning the World Cup has been coming up each and every day and I, I am sure that a lot of these content creators just want to cash in on the views because it's they have maybe noticed that it's really hot it's a hot topic at the moment and people just want to be part of the moment so they'll try and consume any content that they may come they might come across so for my for me particularly, um, I think I will start from the beginning. Um, and the beginning is about 2010. 2010 is when I began falling in love with football. I had just, I was in a particular environment where I got to learn about football. You know, I'm the first born in my family and even though my dad used to watch football on the weekends, he used to go out to watch it. So I didn't have like an older brother some or a peer to particularly direct me to capture my attention. I do remember the 206 World Cup as a kid trying to do the Ronaldinho moves and stuff and even the Zidane headbutt. <laughs> but I, back then I was just a kid. I didn't have a particular or specific liking to it. But 2010 was when I realized that this was content that people actually wanted to see because I could see how people used to squeeze up together to try and watch the World Cup and also the fact that it was hosted in Africa. I think that also helped gain a lot of fans in my continent. But besides that, 
I remember squeezing up and even that's when I got to learn that people are usually really interested in formations because when a lineup was being presented, you could see everyone had forward to watch whatever formation was there. And the stars of back then, even though it's 12 years ago, it's not that far, but there was the like the Wesley Schneider. And then I got to heard about Thomas Muller, the young Germany team was coming up. They were tearing people apart. Thomas Muller, no one knew about him. He was being nicknamed Young Thomas Muller. I even thought that I even thought that the word young was part of his name. You could hear he has scored like four goals and I didn't have at that time I was in school. So we we didn't get to see a lot of games like we used to see whenever we were free. So it, it was just a matter of luck, whichever game you came across to seeing it. And I remember just hearing names, young Thomas Muller. There was obviously Lionel Messi, Cristiano. There was the Argentina team, Wesley Schneider, Mesut Ozil, you came to heard of him, Tony Cruz, Kedira, and also the, there was there was also Mirasov Klosa, top the Germany's top scorer. I think he's still I he's he's still the World Cup's top scorer with I think fourteen goals. And that is when like my attention to football peaked. Because after then I then developed a a deep love for football and I think that's the importance of World Cup. Because it's really, really easy for just an average person who might have a liking to the World Cup, not to the World Cup, to football, to just be going through this normal club seasons without ever being particularly interested. But when such a major event like the World Cup comes and it makes a viewer to develop the taste for football, this particular fan will then go on to support other football teams even though the World Cup has ended. Personally for me I think that's where the World Cup usually plays a big big part and it's a big tournament. It's like it helps recruit new football fans and I think it's a strategy that maybe other sports events can use or even other ventures of entertainment if they would like have a big big festival or tournament or ceremony of some kind where they try whichever platform it is they try to get on to onboard the neutral fans if i might say and after the world cup ended and Spain won it through the tiki-taka. Spain, they got into the tournament being like one of the favorites because I remember that at the time Barcelona had won, had won the Champions League. There was the Xavi, Niesta, and even the 208 Euros, even though I didn't particularly watch that tournament or even follow it up, but we knew Spain was a juggernaut. And... At the time, 
growing up as a kid i was a fan of manchester united and my dad was he introduced me to football he used to give me tips and even like whenever cristiano will score he will tell me about it he will go on and tell me yesterday's cristiano scored two goals i'll then read about it in the paper the next day i'll watch the highlights and see and i was as i was growing up entering into my teen years cristiano was also entering into his peak years like he's 25 24 the years where he got really productive and even and that big move to real madrid and being a manchester united fan i obviously regarded him as the best and i really really loved him because i even remember when he scored his first hat trick i remember my dad telling me the following sunday morning and i was around i was in elementary school or primary school in grade 6 i remember and it was just an amazing feeling and being a, a kenyan boy um, at the time i didn't we, we we didn't get to see a lot of la liga so we didn't get to follow up on messi on messi lionel messi even though we had of him and we all we used to get glimpses of him on champions league or even the normal sports broadcast news but i don't think that there was a lot of people airing his live television shows even though they might have been on supersport or dstv which is the continent's streaming service for european games um there wasn't that particular attention on la liga so as i continued developing my taste for football it got to a point even after i cleared high school i was still a cristiano ronaldo fan but when i cleared high school and but as i was clearing high school and even as i was entering my final years of high school i started being more open minded lionel messi captured my attention and even entering into the 2014 world cup i was rooting for him he had somehow changed my mind i think at the time i was still a cristiano fan but i obviously am a fan of football am a fan of humanity am a fan of hard work and everything and those just this romantic side where i wanted to see messi win the world cup even though at the time i was still a ronaldo fan and during the 2014 world cup there was like this agreement Cristiano is maybe the best player in the world but he doesn't have the strongest national team so even if he never wins the world cup it will be good enough because at the time he was by far the best player in Portugal and everyone else was really 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 low in terms of quality as compared to him and he was like helping his team even the fact that they qualified for the world cup was a big big achievement i remember there was this playoff between portugal and sweden where zlatan ibrahimovic faced cristiano ronaldo and cristiano ended up 
beating Sweden and proceeding. I don't. I hope it's the World Cup. It might be the World Cup or Euros, but let me check. But I think it's the World Cup. And so we, we, we can say that at the time, Portugal were being helped a lot by Cristiano Ronaldo. At the time, he was scoring, he was scoring a lot of goals for Real Madrid. But on the other hand, Messi, Messi had such a strong team, especially when you go to compare, when you go to the attacking term. Sorry if I'm stuttering a little bit, but I remember the 2014 World Cup. We could see the Argentina's squad, especially the attacking side. They had so many great players. There was Carlos Tevez. There was Lionel Messi, obviously. Gonzalo Higuain. Ricardo, there was this player who had a, a small ponytail, a small ponytail. Ricardo Palacio, Angel Di Maria was obviously there. Sergio Aguero was there. There was Enzo Perez, and then there was the there was Javier Mascherano in midfield. Lucas Villa, Demicheles, Sergio Romero was the goalkeeper. Like there was a very very strong team, and even Lucas Bilia. Hey, that team was stacked, but it was stacked. Ezekiel Lavetsi, who was playing at the time for Paris Saint Germain, it had a really really strong team, especially the forward line, and there was this general feeling where. Argentina had a strong enough team to maybe go through to the final of the tournament and Portugal on the other hand didn't it was a team punching above its weight and a team that wholly relied on Cristiano Ronaldo so even if they got to get out of the tournament earlier um no one really expected that much from him and he didn't get a lot of backlash and I remember watching the World Cup in 2014 because at the time it was when Messi was was in his prime prime years I think he was around 27 28 years and it was such a heartbreaking final the fact that Mario Götze scored the fine almost he, he scored in extra time in the second half i think and it was such being a football fan it was such a heartbreaker and it was really even really hard to to watch and see messi not winning it he was given an award for the tournament's best player or most valuable player but it was very little consolation and my heart as a fan cried out for him and I think a lot of people felt that as well during that time. And there was this general feeling whether it was the last time or it was the first, there was this show I saw, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a basketball fan as well, there was this commentator who said about the Phoenix Suns run the recent run that they went to the final, that sometimes your first chance is your best and only chance. And people 
at the time there was that feeling but we thought ah maybe he will he can try something else in 2018 but at the time the fact that his attacking side was really really it was so stacked can you imagine a team that has Gonzalo Higuain it has Lionel Messi in his prime who was scoring goals it had Sergio Aguero Ezekiel Lavezzi Angel Di Maria Carlos Tevez where do you start I, I don't know if Carlos Tevez played in that World Cup however but he was still Argentinian and there and there was also the midfield like Lucas Bilia, Javier Mascherano defense there was the Dimicheles Sergio Romero in goalkeeping like it was such a very such a talented team and even when they got knocked out of the final by Germany Germany still had a lot of really good players the likes of Toni Kroos Thomas Müller the young guns who had won the i think they had won they were under the under 18 world cup or there was a youth tournament that Germany's team of that time really excelled in i don't know if they really won they went to the final but or they even won it but the likes of Toni Kroos, Thomas Müller, Sami Khedira, Mesut Özil that was the time they were in their prime and they had gone through their youth ranks together so even when germany won it we, people can it's safe to assume they were also really good but in terms of firepower argentina was more blessed because at the time Mirosov Klosa was entering his twilight years that was his final world cup they didn't have that recognized striker there and and the fact that argentina had so many of them such as gonzalo higuain even though he missed a lot of chances just tells you like it was just this mismatch and also the fact that the person who scored the final goal was Mario Götze an attacking midfielder and remember at the time Germany had even left out Marco Reus who was at the time regarded maybe as Germany's best player Germany was really blessed at the time with a lot of really really talented number 10s there was Mesutozil there was Mario Götze Marco Reus there was even Julian Draxler I, I don't know if he played that world cup Julian Brandt obviously he, he was too young for that world cup but there was a really a, a lot of creative midfielders more than there were strikers so even Mirosov closer grow, going and scoring more goals at the time to be the world cup's top scorer but i think that is a record that will soon be broken and by soon i mean maybe the next world cup or two in around 8 years we might see where kylian mbappe at the end of the day ends up being at the scoring charts and even maybe if messi plays in his 39th <laughs> birthday we are still hoping to see maybe some people are still in contention to break closer's record and it was just a, that match was really really tense but at the end of the day even though messi won it lost it 
there was this general feeling he might have another chance or two, but it still really, really hurt. And it gave a lot of people who are doubting Messi the ammunition they needed. And it was just so, so sad because you could see it in his eyes. And I remember at the time, Germany had even scored, I think, 7-1 or 7-2 against Brazil. I think it was 7-1. And Germany were a really good team, but a lot of people wanted Argentina to win. And entering into the 2018 World Cup, people weren't sure what to expect of Argentina, but a lot of people didn't see them going really, really forward into the competition, and especially because they had really struggled to qualify for the World Cup and even had to depend on Messi scoring a hat-trick against Ecuador for them to proceed to the World Cup. They only just got in. And... Entering into the World Cup of 2018, there were a lot of really good teams. A lot of teams who had, who had players who in 2014 were still relatively young, but in 2018 they were, they were in their real prime. There was Belgium, there was France who had really good young players and also a, a mixture of youth and experience. There was Brazil as well, even though Neymar had a lot of antics back then. And there was even, the, let me state the teams. <clears throat> there was Brazil, there was Germany. Germany was still a powerhouse. They hadn't gone anywhere, even though they were eliminated quite early. It, it, was, it was a real disappointment for them to be eliminated that early. And a lot of the blame maybe lied with the fact that Leroy Sane, who was a really, really great talent, wasn't in the World Cup. But that is a story for another day. So there was Brazil, there was Germany, France, Belgium, Argentina. So Argentina was still in the contention, but the point I'm trying to drive across is before you go to Argentina, there were like four or five or six different teams that you could comfortably name ahead of Argentina and no one will, will bat an eye or will, be, will disagree with you. And the fact that at the time, Argentina, there was also Portugal. Portugal had won the 2016 World Cup and the team that Ronaldo was carrying on his back was now they had a really good crop of players who could complement Ronaldo well, who was still banging a lot of goals. They are all because even in the 2016 Euros for Ronaldo to win, he had a really really great supporting cast. There were players like Bernardo Silva, and and also Ricardo Pereira. Pepe was still in the mix. Rafael Guerrero, and even the the game that. Portugal played with Spain where they, the game ended 3-3. It's the game where maybe even Portugal had announced themselves to the scene. And there was even Spain. Netherlands didn't qualify for that particular World Cup. And 
it was just a really really good world cup and the fact that there were a lot of teams ahead of argentina there was really a lot of doubts and by this time in 2018 a lot had happened that miraculous game against against germany germany's bayern munich where lionel messi did that trick to jerome jerome boateng <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of things had happened and even between the 2014 and 2018 world cup barcelona had emerged with the msn the greatest attacking trio messi had won had by the time had won a lot of ballon d'ors suarez and neymar were helping him a lot even though as the world cup was getting into 2018 neymar had moved to psg but the fact that by this time it was one of the best times that messi had played for barcelona even without pep guardiola people still were feeling like this was the thing that he needed to crown his career and so by the fact that they were eliminated by france 4-3 in the last 16 as a by that time by the time messi had won with barcelona all those trophies my mind had fully and completely switched i really really loved ronaldo and respected him and as a player and for what he had done for the game but there was no going back and i had just fallen in love with messi and i had even deep down and even all my friends knew at the time that i regarded messi as the best player in the, in the world even maybe of all time because what i had seen from 2010 when i started to keenly follow football even though maybe from 2010 to 2013 i didn't get to see a lot of games till then the things i saw messi do very few people have done it or will ever do it the way he used to play with the ball control it everything and so the fact that he lost that world cup the way he did and even mbappe argentina's boogeyman i remember him running down halfway through the pitch argentina's players trying to catch up with him and he ended up being fouled i think it was by marcos rojo i don't know if i'm wrong in the penalty box to give france the penalty it was just a heartbreaker and the fact that he messi and argentina had also lost successive south american titles to chile it was just a real heartbreaker and it was at this time that i started to detach myself from international football as a whole like i was just detached i am a fan of football but whenever it came to internationals i think it's just uh it was a coping mechanism because I really 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 loved Argentina and I really loved to maybe see Messi at least win a major tournament for Argentina and for the Neseas to finally keep quiet and the fact that he never he, he still even at this point at, at 2018 I think he was 31 years yeah he was 31 
So the fact that he didn't win anything, he hadn't won anything yet, it was a real, real heartbreaker. And there was even questions, even to me personally as a Messi fan, whether he would ever win it for the national team and what it meant for his legacy. Like there were real, real questions. So at the end of the day, I... I don't know. I just felt like wow. it was just, let me say it was just a heartbreaker. So even when Argentina eliminated, I think that is where I shut out. Because I, f for sure, I can't tell you a lot of details. Yes, I know France went on to win it, but even it was a surprise recently that Croatia were the team in the final even though i watched the final i even maybe watched the semi-finals and the quarterfinals the fact that my favorite team being eliminated made me detached it was like a switch that was switched on and it was maybe a coping mechanism and this is my personal story and my personal record and as I was, we were entering the 2022 World Cup, people were asking me, who do you want to win the World Cup? And I was saying, any African team. But if no African team is able to do it, I will still love for Messi to win it. He had, I did, he had a great season at PSG, but it wasn't to my particular attention because even at the time of the World Cup 2022 starting, I still wasn't following it up a lot because I didn't want to get another heartbreak. I had gotten heartbroken in 2014 where I was so deeply invested in the, in the World Cup up to the final. By the 2014 is the World Cup where I think I watched a lot of games and I knew a lot of things that were happening in the World Cup. 2018 I was, I was in campus and I think there were during that time the, it was still the exam time, so I didn't get to watch a lot of games. And even in 2022, I was I, I was I was trying to juggle a lot of things, and therefore I couldn't pay my full attention to the World Cup. And I remember as the 2022 World Cup started, I didn't have a particular team I wanted to win. But I knew I didn't want France to win it a second time, which was a real possibility. Apart from that, any any African team or Argentina, if they won it, I wouldn't have a problem. But I knew I didn't want France to win it, especially because they had eliminated my team. <laughs> I even ended up maybe developing some beef with France, for there they eliminated the team that I loved or not the team that I loved, Messi's team. And the way that maybe him being eliminated in 2018 might have tarnished his legacy even years down the line. Let's say, let's, let's say that you are operating in a vacuum and he didn't won the 2022 World Cup. I think 2018 would have been that turning point where people just raise their hands and they could bring it up as a real, real standing point and argument like 
you can't say Messi is the greatest of all time when this is what happened during the 2018 World Cup. I'm not a person who is really focused so much on the labels of maybe best player of GOAT or whatever, but it's just, I'm not usually really, really focused on that. But at the same time, it I usually contribute to the conversations at the end of the day. But I usually think it's something that is subjective. I usually like to operate with facts, if I might say, and objectivity, and therefore objectiveness. And therefore, like, for me, it's usually maybe about trophies and how a particular player helped his team. And that is what makes him to maybe be the best player in the planet or whatever because of the contributions he made for he, both his club football and maybe national side. That was how I used to see it. And I remember when the 2022 World Cup started, Argentina's first game against Saudi Arabia didn't watch it. And immediately they were defeated to one. I got to know about it. And that's when I knew, even though I wasn't following it, I was still invested because it came as a real sledgehammer and I was like, wow. Even without following Argentina, they're still disappointing me. It was a real hammer blow. Even Argentina's game against Mexico, I, I didn't watch it. But I got the news that they won and deep down, my heart started cheering. <laughs> that was how funny it was. Even when Argentina now played against Poland, that game I watched it. And I was now rooting for them. Like it's, you can say it's a love story. And I even remember Messi missing against, was the Szczesny, the penalty, but eventually Argentina won. And now heading into, I, I, I'm recording this episode and just relieving the memories are, they're getting me emotional. But let me try and finish this recording. Even entering the group, the qualifying or the elimination stage, um, I, I think I watched all of Argentina's game. Argentina against Australia, where Messi scored that fantastic goal. And even Argentina against Croatia, where Messi scored a penalty, provided a wonderful assist and Julian Alvarez goal. And even Argentina against France, obviously. Maybe personally, deep down for me, that's the best game I think I will ever watch in my life. And I still have a lot of football to watch. <laughs> uh, by the time, I don't know. I may, I, maybe I don't know. God willing, if God blesses me, I still have a lot of football left to watch in my life. But I doubt very few matches will ever top that. And the fact that I watched that game with my family, in fact, that game, I came from my place and I purposefully came to watch with my family, my nuclear family. And it was such a special moment. I think it is a moment that I'll never forget in my life. Everyone will remember where they were during that game. Everyone will remember 
football fans and non-football fans. So long as you are present during that game, you will remember where you are, the people you are with, what you are doing, how it made you feel. You will, and that is what makes great moments. Everyone will remember where they were in 2022 when Argentina won the World Cup. And it's not about them winning. It's about the range of emotions that game made, the roller coaster of emotions the game made us go through. It was such a wild run. And the fact that right now, as I'm recording this episode, the game was played on 18th of December. So that's about 13 days, around two weeks. The fact that it's almost two weeks down the line, and right now, the fact that I'm still talking about it and I'm, the, the feelings, they're still fresh, so, so fresh. And I've just gone through the festive period, which is another really eventful part. Like the last one and a half weeks, they haven't been spring. I've gone through and I've seen my family. I've had a wonderful time with everyone in my life. I've had a really, really good time. But the fact that when I remember about the World Cup, the emotions I feel after what I've experienced recently, nothing. I don't think there is a match that will ever top that. And being a Man United fan, I remember the first game, the Carabao game, the Carabao Cup. I even don't remember which car. And I watched the game, the one that Marcos Rashford scored and Christian Eriksen. I remember watching the game and feeling the game was so, so blunt because I had just come from watching the World Cup. And I was feeling like I've maybe watched the best game of my life. That game was on Wednesday, Man United's game, and the World Cup was on Sunday, three days later. I remember asking myself, like, football should just... <laughs> football, football game should just end for now. Or they should give us a break to be able to let let it sink in. Like, literally let it sink in. Because even if I watch this game, again, the Carabao game, the Carabao Cup game, I, I am sure 100% it won't top what I felt. Even right now, I'm, as I'm recording this episode, um, my the TV zone, it's Real Valladolid versus Real Madrid. Real Madrid have scored two goals in the final in the final 10 minutes. A penalty by Benzema and another assist has been given by Eduardo Camavinga, his com- French compatriot. It's sad Benzema didn't get to play this World Cup. But it is, he has won, the game has been won in the final 89th minute or so. And I still am numb to it. I'm still numb to it. I've watched some games, some several games, and I am, and there have been really, really good games. The Boxing Period, the Boxing Day games, the Premier League Boxing Day games, and even I think there'll be New Year's games. And it's not only fo- soccer, football, even basketball games. I've watched, I've watched highlights of several basketball games. I've even watched highlights of several NFL games and it still feels numb. 
it feels numb i don't like my te- my there's this the the hormone that rewards adrenaline um, I, i i don't know if i can remember the name right now but that hormone um the fact that right now my levels of adrenaline were pushed that high by the final game right now a lot of things aren't exciting me that much especially sports games even the thing that might help me maybe movies or music but not right now sports events i think it will i will need some time i need maybe 3 or 4 months for everything to be deleted or maybe at least forget a little bit and even the fact that right now but let me let me conclude with that topic i won't discuss it right now the fact that that game it's around 2 weeks now and the the funny thing is i'm talking about this and if, i'm sure if you ask me a month from now i will still hold the same opinion like that was how maybe even a year from now i'm not sure when my my hormone levels my adrenaline hormone levels will go back to normal and to be recalibrated such that a normal game excites me again i don't know maybe if i start sports betting to put my money on the line maybe that's when excitement levels or my adrenaline levels will now start kicking in whenever i watch a game but right now just watching a game like this oh well they won i'm playing the the fantasy fantasy game fantasy premier league game even if i score the most game with points in a match my levels of adrenaline are still the same so it will it will need some beating but what i want to say is the fact that argentina were tuning up entering the 80th minute and the funny thing was while the game was proceeding especially after i reached the 65 minute i started saying 25 minutes to go is it 25 minutes yeah 25 minutes to go 10 minutes to go not it didn't get to 10 minutes 20 minutes to go 15 minutes to go and then the 80th minute france awarded the penalty and i was just like wow everyone felt it everyone i think everyone in the world felt it and then 97 seconds later messi loses the ball to kingsley coman on the left wing of argentina's side and he ended up giving a cross that mbappe scored with the volley the way mbappe celebrated man it sent shivers down my spine you could see like he celebrated like a guy who had just played who had just gotten into the field didn't play like a guy who was dragging on for 80 minutes without anything you know i did play football during my school days and i do remember that when you played against the bad team the team that was being beaten you got tired more like when you play when you're playing against the winning side usually don't get that tired but when you're playing against the losing side the side that is chasing the game you get tired a lot i think it's that way with a lot of sports even maybe the 
PlayStation games or Xbox games. Whenever you're the one who is losing, you get tired more. That I think the sports psychologist should study that. Anyway, um, I remember the way he celebrated and I was just like, wow. If Argentina get beaten, this will be a nightmare. I even don't know how this will end up being. I was just like, wow. And by the time the game was going to extra time, it's like everyone was petrified, including the players on the pitch. No one wanted to make any mistake. And entering the final minutes, even when the game went to extra time, I was just like, please, Lord, don't let another Mario Gotze moment happen. Because being an Argentina fan, and the fact that I didn't watch the first game or the second game, I did it, I, I don't think I would have taken it. I don't know how what would have happened. Yes, I would have been okay, but my emotions, I would have been... I, would, I think if Argentina lost that game, us Argentina fans or even the neutrals, will have resigned to the fact that life, nothing ever goes your way and it will have been maybe stamped and approved. Like, this is what life is. Don't expect things to go your way. People get beaten. People lose. People lose whatever it is, either loved ones or money or anything. And you just have to get on with life. And the way that Mbappe scored, it was like, the way Mbappe scored and the way he celebrated the second goal, I think if you didn't watch the celebration or aren't sure, go and search it on the internet and you'll see. And the faces of, the faces of Angel Di Maria, who had just been substituted, and Messi's bodyguard, Rodrigo De Paul, being on the bench, See, you were seeing, I, I, I remember the camera being shown at them and they were completely helpless. Angel Di Maria's face was in his hands. A grown man who, who, is, who has won everything and maybe he's even on the point of retiring, you could see he was almost in tears. It was like pet shock. Shock. So, hey, hey, that game. Anyway, let me continue. The game went to extra time. And Messi scored around four minutes to go. And after he scored the game, we thought, wow, this is how it will end. Barely minutes later, Montiel was judged to handle the ball, ball inside the box after a shot from Mbappe. Mbappe got a chance to score another penalty against Emiliano Martinez and he thumped the ball emphatically. And it was just like, what, 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 like I was just speechless. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether entering into going to the penalties, France would win it, what would happen. I was just, like by that time, I was just exhausted. Even right now, when I'm talking about this, I'm because <laughs> the, the feelings I relieved that day, they are coming up again. 
and I'm, I'm I'm saying this from my imagination. I'm not watching the game. It's not like I'm watching it on a separate screen while I'm recording. This like it's that's how ingrained in my memory that game is. And entering into the final minute, I rem- I remember the chipped pass to Kolomani, a player. I'm I'm a football fan. I won't lie to you. I know a lot of I know a lot of things about European football, club football, than the normal average fan. It's even right now that I've gotten a lot of things on my mind or my plate at the moment that I can't follow football keenly. But despite that, I know a lot. And the fact that there was I saw this chipped pass from Bappe to Kolomani, it was just him and the keeper. And Kolomani is a lanky lad. He's a lanky guy, a lanky young man at this time of recording. And it was just time stood still. And being an Argentina fan, I was taken aback to that Mario Gotze moment. Because even at that moment, I was watching the game live time stood still. The way he controlled it in his chest, I think Demichelis was the one in the vicinity and the way he scored, he scored the game helplessly, the goal helplessly past Sergio Romero, time stood still and those emotions came over again. You know, they usually say that right before you die, your life flashes before your eyes. I don't think, yes, obviously it's not a life or death situation, but that is how I felt. It re- I was taken aback to the Mario Gotze moment, which is still also pretty clear in my mind. And I was just frozen in time. And the way he pulled out that save with his leg, I think it was at that moment that I knew Argentina was was going to win. Even though Mbappe went on to score his first penalty and also Messi scored it, somehow deep down I was like, even though, even if Argentina were to lose at that point, of which I'm sure they weren't going to lose, I, I, I was already exhausted enough I was exhausted from Saudi Arabia's game where I pretended that I wasn't following Argentina and but, but when they lost the fact that I knew immediately about it before the game ended for, for, for that is a fact I'm not even lying my neighbor came and told me Argentina are being beaten by Saudi before the game ended I was watching the game scores on live score so I was like, you know, this there is usually this ex who usually pretends that they are not following up on their ex or their girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever, but immediately they hear that the that their former partner is seeing someone else, they there is like this knee jerk reaction. All the pretense they were pretending they didn't care, they were going on with their life. That's when you realize. So even from that point, from I was taking you back from the point that Saudi Arabia defeated 
Argentina to know we are heading into penalties ahead my emotions as a messy fan and as a con- as a switched messy fan i was a deep 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 cristiano ronaldo fan anyone who knows me knows that whenever i fall in love with anything be it music be it sport be it a movie I won't say fall in love but whenever I develop an interest in something I am usually fully fully invested in it. So the fact that I was switched from Cristiano Ronaldo and this was a guy who even my dad he was the one who introduced me to him and I even think he was also switched to Messi at around some point even though the some maybe Cristiano in the short run he might have lost some fans because of his interview the fact that but that is in the short run i think in the long run cristiano ronaldo has still cemented his legacy nothing no one will ever take away from him whatever it is that he has achieved but the fact that messi and argentina were now going to penalties against france the boogeyman against the boogeyman Mbappe <laughs> and against the boogie team that eliminated them in such a bad way four years earlier i knew we were going to win it in fact the penalties was one of the moments where i was most relaxed and i think there was some poetic justice that the guy who the young guy who handled the ball to give Mbappe his third penalty was the one who scored the winning penalty Montiel I don't forget that name and there he celebrated I would think there was some relief in his face not his face obviously uh, face uh, that is on, on the understatement of the year <laughs> and the year is just ending to today but he, there was relief like Do you usually like there's this moments in people's life where you know that is a crucial moment in their life So the fact that he scored the winning penalty there was some poetic justice in it and we went on to see Messi lift the World Cup we got to hear Peter Drury's commentary and at the time I was watching the game with my whole family I was trying to make people be silent while the game was continuing because people people in my household wanted to talk they didn't realize there were there was also another goat on the mic describing about another goat's performance I rarely describe people with the acronym goat but pardon me today there was a goat on the microphone commenting on another goat playing in the biggest game with the highest stakes it was just a memorable time so i was, I was watching all this was encapsulated in one moment and in that particular moment and i think that will be is a magical moment for me as a football fan I think from the time I started watching football or not watching obviously not watching developing a keen interest in 2010 up to this point in 2022 up to that point 
I think it was accumulation of all those years, all those games I had watched, all the emotions I had felt, and to even say that as Argentina were getting into the penalties, I was relaxed. It was not even about the Saudi game. Saudi game was just a minor bump. Commentators or whoever making YouTube videos, commentators or whoever is making YouTube videos might say that that is when the journey began. No. The journey began in 2014 when Messi lost that World Cup final. The moment the journey began when Mario Gotze scored that goal. The journey began when Gonzalo Higuain, whom I will never fault anyone for make, missing a game or missing a chance to score. The moment began, the journey began then. So the fact that we got to the penalties where Argentina were going to prove themselves once again, the fact that Emiliano Martinez was bigger than any character or bigger than life, even though I don't like using that term. He was bigger than any other character. I knew that was where I wanted my team to be, and I knew they wouldn't bottle that chance. I am finishing this episode. I have seen that I have reached my final. It's about 60 minutes. This will be the longest episode or podcast I have ever recorded. And as I'm parting, life is funny and it's poetic in a way that we have just lost Pele. And it's funny that we have lost him after Messi has caught the World Cup or has won the World Cup. God or life operates in sometimes in mysterious ways. God has taken one great and given us another. And he has even given us some time to be able to celebrate one. And he has given us another time to start grieving another one. And even though we will grieve Pele, I personally didn't get to watch him. Maybe I'll get to learn more about him after his death than when he was alive because maybe I was really invested in Messi and he was the one that I got to see. But may he rest in peace. But even as we mourn him, we'll still celebrate his life and we'll celebrate the fact that at least even though he wasn't present, Physically, I don't know if he was aware that Messi won it. But the fact that he at least got to live to see, to live at least some days, 13 or so days, or 12, 13 days after Messi had won the World Cup, that is enough. It's sad Maradona wasn't here, he isn't here with us, but at least one of the greats, Pele, was there for 12 or 13 days. And... Maybe I'll record another episode to cap it all off for Messi and Argentina. But it has been a really, really wonderful time. And if there was a time for me to get back to recording episodes, I don't think there is a more fitting 
time or event or event sports or entertainment because this podcast is about anything media i don't think there is any other better moment than messi and argentina winning the world cup that is all for me for now i hope you enjoyed this episode and i will catch you in the next one have a good one bye be blessed